When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This had been building for quite some time, and it stems back to Devontae Adams' unhappiness with Green Bay. What's going on, folks? We tried to plot and scheme this thing for a long time. It's crazy for the fans with Fresno State. You know it's a blessing to be able to play with him, not only because of the player he is, but he's one of my best friends. We do have confidence that we can do it at this level, too. Raider Nation, I'm here. It's real. You know Today is the first official day of training camp for Devontae Adams in the silver and black. I'm still getting used to that. The Raiders are the first team in the league to have their veteran players report. Vegas will hold camp at their team facility in Henderson, Nevada. Check out quarterback Derek Carr arriving at the facility today. By this time next week, every team in the NFL will have its veterans on the practice fields and the 2022 NFL season will be getting closer and closer. Welcome to NFL Live. It's a toasty day here in Bristol, Connecticut. We've got our LSU duo. You see them right next to each other of Ryan Clark and Booger McFarlane, Booger McFarlane plus the all-knowing Adam Schefter. And Schefter, we start with you in a developing story out of San Francisco. What do we need to know? Well, Phil, we all know that the 49ers are open to trading Jimmy Garoppolo. No secret there. But what's interesting here is that the 49ers officially have given permission to Jimmy Garoppolo's agents, Dong Yi, Carter Chow, to seek a trade for their client. And that means that basically everybody's open for business this summer. The 49ers have had conversations with teams about a trade for Garoppolo. His agents are now seeking a trade on behalf of their client. And so everybody seems to be working to find Jimmy Garoppolo a home. You would think at some point this summer, the 49ers will continue that search. The agents We'll continue that search. We'll see if there's a team out there that suffers a quarterback injury or has a quarterback struggle. The other part to this is that Jimmy Garoppolo, they believe, is ready to start practicing next week. Now, that doesn't mean that they're just going to trot him out there, but the 49ers say that he has been cleared to start practicing next week, and I think that they're going to exercise caution with him. Mm. I think he'll be out there sparingly, but he's ready to go, and his agents and the team are both looking for a trade partner that would have to take on a salary, a one-year deal right now that has about $24 million left in it that you figure would have to be renegotiated and restructured. Yeah, Booger, I'm looking at like four or five tentacles to a potential Jimmy Garoppolo trade, the finances, the health, the player himself, the salary. So let me just – but let me start with this premise. What kind of player – does Jimmy Garoppolo offer to a team that might be interested in adding him to their quarterback competition? Well, Phil, think about this. When Jimmy G's been healthy, Jimmy G's been a winning quarterback. The problem wasn't necessarily his performance in San Francisco. It was his durability. Kyle Shanahan came out and said, Jimmy has played a ton of good football. The problem is right now, like, it's a game of musical chairs, and so far all the chairs are full. Um... I would just say this, and I would ask Shefty and even RC this, how many times have we seen the team give permission uh, to a player to seek a trade? That usually means, yeah, go try to find somebody because we've looked 
and we haven't found anybody. Usually, this yep. means at some point in the near future, Jimmy G's probably going to be cut. At least that's the way I perceive it, fellas. Yeah, no, I feel you, Booger. And, and that's the weird thing now, right? If this happens early on in the offseason, if Jimmy Garoppolo is healthy, then I think there are a lot of teams that are vying for his services. But right now at this point, when all of the seats, as Booger says, has been filled, I just think it's very difficult to find a spot for him, especially with teams knowing, okay, Will the San Francisco or thinking, will the San Francisco 49ers go into camp, presumably with their starter Trey Lance, and still keep Jimmy Garoppolo? I think the only team I can think of that Jimmy Garoppolo gets an opportunity to start or challenge to start right now is the Seattle Seahawks, the Carolina Panthers. You've now drafted a quarterback and also brought in Baker Mayfield. Yeah. Indianapolis Colts have quarterbacks. So everyone has filled all of these spots. And now you really put Jimmy Garoppolo in a very tough situation which is why I believe the agents have now have an opportunity to seek a deal so maybe you can find some mutual interest. Well, I think the truth of the matter here is that if Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't have the shoulder surgery in March, the 49ers trade him then. But when he has the surgery, that slows down the process. And by giving the agents permission now, that's essentially enlisting support to try to get him traded, which they're going to need anyway because the agents are going to be the ones that have to redo his contract. Yeah. So they have to be on board. So you might as yeah. well include them in the process to facilitate a trade that's more difficult to make now than it was in March when he had the shoulder surgery. Now we go into camp, and yes, there's not an obvious landing spot outside of Seattle, and we don't know whether or not the 49ers would be willing to trade Jimmy Garoppolo in the division. But here's the thing. Teams go to camp. Once teams get in camp, players get hurt, players struggle, dynamics change. And because Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't have an obvious landing spot yeah. on July 20th doesn't mean that he won't have an obvious landing spot on August 20th. The situations are always changing and always fluid. And so we'll see how this shakes out. No, there's not an obvious landing spot, but the 49ers now are working with the agents who read, need to redo a deal to try to facilitate a trade, to make it happen for everybody's sake. Yeah, Shafty, you're right. We do have time on our side. But, and I don't want to put you on the spot here if you don't know the answer to this, it feels to me like a trade request could be another step in the process that could eventually precede the possibility of outright releasing Jimmy Garoppolo because $24 million is far too expensive for the 49ers to afford for a backup quarterback. Is mm. that something that could eventually bubble up if that opening never materializes? Well, that salary doesn't become guaranteed until he's on the opening day roster. And I believe the 49ers play the Seahawks in the second game of the season. Yeah. So if they're going to cut him right now, you'd have to think that he would land in Seattle, potentially. Yeah. Why would you do that right now without carrying him through the summer? Plus, you still don't know what Trey Lance is going to do during the summer. What if he's not impressive? What if he struggles to pick up the offense? Yeah. What if he's not performing up to expectations? Wouldn't you want... Jimmy Garoppolo as an option then, rather than just cutting him before camp yeah. when you would be on the hook for his injury guarantee, I think it's $7.2 million anyway. Yeah. So again, time is on their side right now, but it'll shift later this summer. A fascinating storyline to follow as the 49ers currently have two starting quarterbacks on their roster. We'll just see whether Jimmy G stays on that roster. And a reminder, the 49ers report to training camp next Tuesday. All-Pro Debo Samuel posted this picture on his Instagram story last night showing that he was back in the Bay Area at the San Francisco airport. 
So now, Shefty, we have two separate 49ers offensive players in some level of trade discussions. Where do things stand with Debo Samuel, who previously requested to trade himself earlier this offseason? Bill, this is, a tr- this is a deal that has to get done. It just has to, right? There's just been too much money out there for wide receivers. He didn't get his wish at the draft to get a new deal. They're willing to pay him. He's back in the Bay Area getting ready for training camp. How do you not do a deal if you're both sides? He obviously wants a new deal. They want to reward him with a new deal. And so it would be a major upset, a major upset, if these two sides didn't figure out a solution, I would say, in the near future, at some point early in training camp, to keep Debo Samuel around in San Francisco for the short and long term. Both sides, too much at stake, too much on the table. This is a deal that I think is going to get done and has to get done. Well, patience may pay off for San Francisco with the Debo Samuel deal. Perhaps it will as well with Jimmy G. Let's go from the Bay Area to the team that used to play in the Bay Area. That, of course, being the Raiders, who made plenty of changes this offseason. They started by hiring Josh McDaniels as their head coach. That happened in late January. Then they added to their pass rush in free agency, signing Chandler Jones to a three-year deal. No player has more sacks in the NFL over the last ten seasons. And then one night I saw a tweet from Adam Schefter that I thought was when he had been hacked. As it said, Devontae Adams got traded to the Raiders? What? There's no way. Oh, there is a way, as it did actually happen, as he is now in the silver and black. And for more on the first day of what we're calling football school out in Vegas this year, here's our NFL Nation Raiders reporter, Paul Gutierrez. Paul, the Raiders arrived, and some of them even addressed the media today. What do they have to say? Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting, Phil. On the day that the vets reported, uh, the Raiders trotted out their pro bowlers. And there was a lot of talk of accountability, of uh, teaching, of teaching and accountability, which was interesting because Denzel Perriman, the, the linebacker, he equated it to the first day of school. Uh, not a lot of nerves, not a lot of uh, uh, being scared of anything, but he said it's like the first day of school. Everything's new. You look at this organization, it starts at the top. New GM, uh, new regime, new coach with Josh McDaniels. Uh, and then you go and you talk to Max Crosby a little bit, and, and he, the Pro Bowl defensive MVP, he, he didn't really take a day off this offseason. He said there's no such thing as an offseason for those, for those guys. They, he was working out. He was meal prepping. Uh, he took some advice from a new teammate, uh, Deron Harmon, who was a longtime Patriot, played with Tom Brady, and Tom Brady told him, uh, the great ones really don't take a day off. So that's Max Crosby. Then when it came to Hunter Renfro, he's coming off a 103-catch season uh, and the Pro Bowl slot man himself. I asked him just exactly how Devontae Adams' mere presence on the field uh, was going to affect his pro- uh, productivity as well. You know, it starts in practice, uh, just watching him, watching how he works, watching how he sets people up in the meeting room, talking to him, how he maneuvers guys, how he sees the game. I think Devontae and Darren and, and Demarcus and all those guys are incredible players. You're going to have to respect them. You're going to have to put two on them at times. And so it could open up um, some plays for me, Josh, whoever, you know, whoever is left. So um, excited. So more on them. Uh, More on the Raiders coming up here. Great stuff there from Paul Gutierrez out there in Las Vegas. A hot one out there as well. All right, so Hunter Renfro, uh, a guy who was richly paid this offseason, like Devontae Adams and perhaps Darren Waller as well. As we are staring down this new-look offensive group of skilled players, RC, is this the best skill group in what is a ridiculously (laughs) loaded AFC West? 
Now, first off, before I even say it, it is very close, right? It's not like you just make this decision okay. because Phil Yates asks you the question. You got to do some studying. But the answer <laughs> is yes. The answer is actually pretty simple. When I look at these guys, here's the thing I like about them. And Devontae Adams, Hunter Renfro, and Darren Waller, you have three unique pieces that don't do the same thing. None of those guys are going to step on the other guy's toes. You have a dude in Darren Waller that is strictly about matchups. Do I have him on a linebacker? Do I have him on a safety? Have if I split him out and have him on the corner, now I can throw the jump ball. Devontae Adams, everybody's a mismatch. You pick him, it's a mismatch. It doesn't really matter. And Hunter Renfro right now is the slot God. Yes, I said it. The slot God. Hunter Renfro is giving folks the business. He will give you seven routes in one, and you will not know what it is. I was out, I'm out here training DBs in Arizona, and one guy told me, he said, the problem with covering Hunter Renfro is actually Isaiah Simmons. It was like, he does things you're not supposed to. He makes moves you're not supposed to make off yeah. of the wrong foot with the body leaning an opposite way. And when he can do that, add it to Devontae Adams, add it to Darren Waller, it's going to mm -hmm. be absolutely crazy in the desert yeah I, I think the, the the plethora of offensive weapons that they have it doesn't go unnoticed I think the biggest issue for the Raiders is going to be their offensive line can they get Leatherwood to perform up to an optimal level what are they going to do because we know Derek Carr is probably one of the more underrated quarterbacks in the National Football League and if they if he yeah. gets drops back with Josh McDaniels in this offense there's going to be 4,500 to 5,000 yards out there. So mm. I have no problem with how Derek Carr is going to divvy it up, but they're going to have to protect him. This offensive line is going to have to make sure that Derek Carr feels protected because one of the issues that Carr had during his career is he gets happy feet. You cannot allow a quarterback with that amount of weapons on the outside to have happy feet. He's got to drop back in the pocket and know exactly where he's going with the football because if, if they do, if they protect him with that offense, with a, a mastermind like a Josh McDaniels, this could be scary. And they could take a lot of pressure off a defense that we know is still very, very suspect. And think about this. R.C., you were talking about Hunter Renfro as a great slot receiver with seven moves and one route. Darren Waller is a freak as talented as any tight end in the yes. National Football League. Devontae Adams has been the most productive receiver mm -hmm. in the National Football League. So if you take the most yeah. productive receiver with the freakiest tight end, with the most reliable slot receiver, and put them all in one offense with the new coaching of Josh McDaniels, and on defense, you've got Max Crosby and Chandler Jones. I know we're talking a lot about the Chiefs and the Broncos yeah. with Russell Wilson and the Chargers with Justin Herbert. But this Raiders team is loaded. It's loaded. And there's no reason that this team can't win that division as good as it is and move on into the playoffs. And, Shefty, you mentioned that defensive duo of Max Crosby and Chandler Jones because I think we're probably going to spend a lot more time talking about the offense. But let's give that duo some shine here, Booger. Is that the best pass rushing duo the NFL has right now? It's definitely going to be right up there because each one of these guys can win one-on-one -on -one battles. And ultimately, that's what the game of football is about. You want to have as many dudes that can win one-on-one, mano-a-mano matchup. Like, that's the game of football. And they have two of the best with a plethora of moves. And the thing I love about them is they're not just about the sack. Like, it's not about sack or bust. They're about creating constant havoc and constant pressure on the quarterback. And to me, that's what sets them apart because they're going to need it. Because RC on the back end... I don't know if they could cover me, Shefty, and Phil Yates right now.
<laughs> well, listen, I tell you what, if they can't cover you, Shefty and Phil Yates, they going to catch hell no matter who is rushing. So I'm not even worried about it. But what Booger is saying for the people watching is that rush and coverage work together. When I have to cover for a shorter period of time, I can be a better player. I can be more effective. And that's what has to happen for the Raiders as the back end progresses. When you watched them last year, they were not dependable on the back end. And now you add Rocky Sin. You're trying to figure out what to do with your gun safeties, Abrams and Morrigan. On the other side, having Trayvon Mullen still working to find the right slot cornerback. I think this is going to have to be led by Max Crosby, led by Chandler Jones, and then the back end is going to have to catch up as the year progresses and you're going to count on that offense to make huge plays and critical moments to win games. And let's be honest, I think that back end or any back end would have a tough time covering Field Yates. I'm just telling you, I've seen his moves. Field is dangerous <laughs> in the open field. Well, Shafty, I'm glad you mentioned that because hey, Booger apparently Baby forgets. face that Spears calls it. <laughs> hey, listen, I'm just telling you, how many people on this show right now have previously caught a touchdown pass from Tom Brady? The answer is one. It's Adam Schefter. So maybe Shefty. covering Shefty and Booger and I would be a tough, difficult challenge. We've got plenty wow. more coming up here on NFL Live. Is up next. The Saints have a new look offense and a new head coach after the departure, departure of Sean Payton. Is this Jameis Winston's last chance to impress? And coming up, it's Madden's rating reveal day for running backs. We're taking you back to some can't-miss video of Derrick Henry during high school. He was a man amongst boys. Arguably the greatest NFL defensive mind of all time, Bill Belichick. Couldn't stop him. You don't feel so bad as a high school coach going, hey, Bill, I've been there. What if in 2024 you got a little bit better every day? When you're learning a new language with Babbel, that's exactly what you're doing. And if Babbel can help you start speaking a new language in just three weeks, imagine what you could do in a full year. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Try Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are designed by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. It's designed by real people for real conversations. Babbel's tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. They have over 16 million subscriptions sold. Plus, all of Babbel's 14 award-winning language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com tackle. Get 60% off at babbel.com tackle. Spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash tackle. Rules and restrictions may apply. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Here's our ESPYs moment presented by Capital One as we check in on the voting for the award 
for best NFL player. The nominees included Super, Super Bowl champ Cooper Cup, who led all NFL wideouts in receptions, yards, and touchdowns. NFL sack leader T.J. Watt from the Pittsburgh Steelers. The league leading rusher Jonathan Taylor of the Indianapolis Colts. And the winner of the category. Aaron Rodgers, who just became the second player ever to win a fourth MVP award. Rodgers threw 37 touchdown passes, just four interceptions, leading the Packers to their third straight division title. To donate, go to v.org slash donate. You can see all the award winners tonight at 8 Eastern over on ABC as they bring you the 2022 ESPYs presented by Capital One. All right, so as you have probably found out by now, it is ratings release week for Madden NFL 23. Here are the top 10 safeties in the NFL, and the top-ranked safety has a new home as Tyron Matthew now plays for his hometown team, the New Orleans Saints. The three-time All-Pro got a 94 rating in this year's game. He's followed by Derwin James and Buda Baker, and I'm not sure I can think of a better person to ask about safety ratings then Ryan Clark, who I have it on good authority, was a 99 during his playing days. Nobody fact-checked that because I'm telling you it's correct. But, whoa, RC, whoa, let me whoa. ask you this. Whoa. I don't know. It sounds like you I don't have to, any major facts on that. Uh, Boog, don't check Stop, Boog. Yeah. <laughs> Boog, like, they'll have some internet issues or something like that. I don't want to hear any pushback. But uh, you don't have any major issues, RC, in the top six. But there is perhaps one glaring mistake from this top ten. What is it? How can Minka Fitzpatrick not be ranked in the top 10 mm. amongst safeties? Uh, this is a guy since coming over to the Pittsburgh Steelers that's been nothing but spectacular early on in his transition. He was a guy that got the football early and often created big plays, picked sixes, picked up fumbles, forced fumbles. And then now you look at last year when they couldn't stop the run, which is when he really ascended to me. He was a short tackler in the open field and also showed a level of physicality. So Mika Fitzpatrick has to be in this top 10. And I'm just going to say this, guys. When a dude's the highest paid at the position, he's probably really, really good at it. And so I think Mika Fitzpatrick not being in this makes this list obsolete to me. He is certainly a top 10 safety in this league. Yeah, well, who, who am I to disagree with with the DB like, like Ryan Clark? Here's what I will say about the list. I, I think Tyron Matthews is giving the utmost respect based on his playmaking ability, his intellect, how he plays the football game. He's always in the right spot at the right time. I think when you look at the list and you try to pick out the two guys that I think have more ability than, than anyone else, I think you have to look at Derwin James. And, and, and for me, I think Derwin James is a guy that has unbelievable range. He's just got to stay healthy. The second guy will be Justin Simmons out in Denver. Those two guys have more ability, the ability to play in the box, out of the box, center field, playmaking. They can cover. They can do yeah. it all. They just need to stay healthy. And if they do, if they give you 15, 16, 17 games a year, these two guys will be in defensive player of the year conversations all season long. They are yeah. that good. Well, Derwin mm-hmm. James is really good at football, and he also is perhaps about to be very rich. As new here on NFL Live, our own Jeremy Fowler is reporting that the Chargers are optimistic they will reach an extension with Derwin James. James is currently in the final year of his rookie contract, playing on that fifth-year option. My estimate for his new contract, $1 trillion. Maybe a little less. All right, coming back for the break, after a flurry of off-season moves, Carson Wentz is out, Matt Ryan is in. Is Ryan set up for success in Indy? 
Booker tells us the one missing piece the Colts still need. NFL 23 ratings reveal week, and these are the top players of the positions that have already been announced. So Devontae Adams, he led the way for wide receivers, 99. Miles Garrett, pass rushers, also 99. Travis Kelsey, 98. His former teammate, Tyron Matthew, 94. We told you about that just a few moments ago in the show. Here's a recap of the top 10 running backs in this year's version of Madden. So we start with Ezekiel Elliott heading into his seventh season. He continues to be one of the most durable backs in the NFL. He has top 10 ratings in the spin, juke, and stiff arm categories. Last year, Austin Eckler put up the league's most receiving yards and receiving touchdowns amongst all running backs. His threat as a pass catcher makes him one of the most complete backs in football. He had 20 touchdowns last year. How about this guy in the open field, Aaron Jones, one of the most potent weapons in the game. He is tied for the top juke move rating in Madden 23 and tied for fifth in the agility category. No Devontae Adams before Aaron Jones this year. Alvin Kamara is a 90. His ability as a pass catcher makes him a consistent threat on every single play. He's earned the top Madden rating in the short and medium route running categories amongst all running backs in Madden 23. Joe Mixon, the third most rushing yards in the NFL last year. His double-digit touchdowns on the ground were a major factor in the Bengals' run all the way to the Super Bowl. He had a breakout season. If you get the ball in Dalvin Cook's hands, good things can happen. In Madden 23, he's got the top rating in the change of direction category and is tied for the jet best juke move rating. Number four, love the controversial here, Jonathan Taylor, who led the NFL in rushing yards and touchdowns last season. He's got a rare combo of speed and power. He's tied for the second best speed rating amongst running backs in Madden 23. Number three is Christian McCaffrey. As he's a video game in real life, CMC has a top spin move rating in Madden 23. He's also tied for the top agility rating. He's also the ultimate threat in the passing game, earning the game's top catch rating amongst all running backs. Number two, Nick Chubb. He led, excuse me, recorded the second most rushing yards in the league last year despite missing three games due to injury. His strength and trucking ability make him a unique backfield weapon, a big part of that Cleveland offense. And they call him King Henry for a reason. The Tennessee Titan, Derrick Henry, averaged over 117 yards per game in 2021. And Madden 23, he's earned top ratings in trucking and strength and a 99 rating for his monster stiff arm. Okay, let's recap these one more time as you see Jonathan Taylor, number four, despite leading the league in rushing last season, getting named a first-team All-Pro. But it reminds us that this has been a pretty busy offseason for the Colts. And he made a change at quarterback, first trading Carson Wentz to the Commanders, and then picking up Matt Ryan from the Falcons for a third-round pick. Other side of the ball, they traded Rocky Asin at cornerback to the Raiders for pass rusher Yannick Ngakwe, who had 10 sacks for Vegas last season. And they solidified the secondary in April by signing former Defensive Player of the Year Stephon Gilmore to a two-year deal with $14 million guaranteed. RC, uh, Matt Ryan thinks this Colts team, who I kind of feel like hasn't been talked about at all this offseason, is built to win right now. Do you expect him, mm-hmm. meaning Matt Ryan, to step in and be an improvement over Carson Wentz last year? I absolutely do, because I believe that Matt Ryan understands the assignment. See, that's all the Indianapolis Colts have been looking for a quarterback to do since Andrew Luck retired. Just understand the assignment. Know that we're going to run the football. We're going to be opportunistic on defense. Don't mess it up and make the clutch plays we need quarterbacks to make in situational football. Third down, red zone, two-minute, game-winning situations, and do that. And I believe Matt Ryan can And that's why they went out to get him. You don't go get Matt Ryan for your future. You get him for the right now.
We have been saying that the Indianapolis Colts are a quarterback away each and every year since Andrew Luck has left this team. Well, this is the year that they have to make good on that. They've they bolstered their defense with some playmaking ability. You now have a quarterback that will make the plays he's supposed to, and you have a running back that, to me, is the best running back in football. This is the year for the Colts to win the South and advance in the playoffs. Hey, guys, listen, <laughs> let's be honest. Matt Ryan is replacing Carson Wentz. Like, the moment he signed, he's already better. All right, let's get that out the way right there. Carson Don't Wentz was throwing the football, that, spinning, throwing the ball to the other team. Like, No, I'm, I'm being honest with you. Come on, man. Like, we sat there and watched Carson Wentz fall down and throw interceptions. I mean, Matt Ryan is already better. To your point, RC, not to regurgitate anything you said, he's going to be a professional. He's going to take the layup. He's not going to try to get the Steph Curry three when he walks in the gym with the heat check. He's not heat checking. Mm -hmm. It's a simple layup. I'm going to distribute the football. But I think the Colts have even bigger issues. When he distributes the football, who's the ball going to? Like, this offense is going to be ran through yeah. Jonathan Taylor. We all know that. But if this offense is going to be efficient, who's going to be the dude outside? I like Michael Pittman Jr. I like Alec Pierce. They got it drafted out of Cincinnati. I like Paris Warren. But name me an offense that can be a stellar offense that doesn't have a dude. Like, they got a lot of good number twos and some threes, mm. but who's going to be the one there? And I think that's where Matt Ryan is going to have to make sure that he gets on the same page and which receiver is going to step forward for Matt Ryan. But if the question is, is Matt Ryan better than Carson Wentz? He was better than Carson Wentz the day he came out of the womb. Carson <laughs> Wentz still hasn't understood how to take the simple plays that's playing the true. quarterback position. Now, that's if, if we want to sugarcoat it and try to come up with something different, we can do that, but let's just be honest, man. All right, well, there you have it. I will say That's this. Michael Pittman sitting here saying, saying, saying right now, like, I can be that guy. We will find out. The Colts do have a dude, though, on offense. It's their running back. It's Jonathan Taylor. And let's go back to running backs for a moment as we get Shefty back in the mix. So, Shefty, some major names in the top 30, even the top 10 coming off of injuries. Let us know where things stand, starting with Christian McCaffrey in Carolina. He's on track to be ready for this season field. Obviously, training heavy this offseason, gearing up for the upcoming season, trying to make sure he's not set back by any injuries, the likes of which he battled last year, missing the last 10 games due to ankle and hamstring injuries before the Panthers shut him down. But he's looking to be ready for training camp for the upcoming season, which would be a good thing for him and for the Carolina offense. Saquon Barkley's got a lot to prove this upcoming season, heading into the last year of his contract, coming off that injury season from last year when he had that tough, tough injury that kept him out of uh, injuries or kept him out of the games for the third straight season. He wants to show he can stay on the field. When he's on the field, he produces. He's a top talent. He's just been unable to stay on the field, and he is on track also to be ready for this season. And earlier this week, we heard J.K. Dobbins say that he will be ready for week one, despite the fact that he had the knee injury last year. He feels pretty strongly about that, as do the Ravens, that he will be out there week one. You know we'll be careful about the way they use him this summer. Probably not going to use him much then, but come opening day for the Baltimore Ravens, J.K. Dobbins is expected to be out there, Field. Shefty, we started the show with some developing snooze out of San Francisco directly from you. What do we need to know about Jimmy G? Look, right now, everybody knows that the 49ers are open to trading him, and they would have liked to have traded him in March before Jimmy Garoppolo had that shoulder surgery, but they've officially given his agents permission to seek a trade. And they need the help of the agents to be willing to restructure a contract if Jimmy is traded 
somewhere else. And so it makes sense for all sides to be on the same page to try to get Jimmy Garoppolo traded at some point this summer. Now, I was told by a team source that he will essentially be ready to practice next week. We'll see how much they use him, but they're not going to cut him at the start of camp. They're planning to have him. Why would you cut him when there are other teams that have different situations that evolve? We once saw the Minnesota Vikings lose Teddy Bridgewater into camp due to a knee injury. We saw the Dolphins lose Ryan Tannehill due to a knee injury. What if Trey Lance struggles during the summer? There's a lot of factors and a lot of things that could happen, which is why I don't believe the 49ers will be releasing Jimmy Garoppolo in the early part of camp. Later on, they would face a big decision. But who knows who will need Jimmy Garoppolo by then? Maybe the 49ers will. So I think they're going to hold on to him for right now, Field. Yeah, it reminds me of the Sam Bradford trade, which took place at the very end of training camp after a major knee injury to Teddy Bridgewater. Things can certainly change once the pads come on. All right, so coming up, we are just 50 days away from kickoff. One of these teams enter their season with confetti, the other in heartbreak. Can the Rams run it back, or are the Bills primed to break through? Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. No matter what the sport, you will always find fans out there supporting their teams. But teams also have a long history of supporting their communities by addressing critical issues with the same energy and determination they have in competition. And no one did that better than these finalists for the Sports Humanitarian Team of the Year. The Miami Heat. In March, the Heat unveiled their 21st Heat Learn and Play Center at the Motivational Edge, a nonprofit that brings health and human services for youth in crisis. And they continued their random acts of heat, a series of good deeds meant to inspire others to reciprocate kindness through random acts of their own. The Denver Broncos. In March, the Broncos launched a comprehensive gun buyback program, the first signified event of its kind in the city and county of Denver in nearly 30 years. Denver also teamed up with Special Olympics Colorado to host an all-ability football skills clinic in May. The Pittsburgh Penguins. In 2021, the Penguins launched the Willie O'Ree Academy for local black youth hockey players, providing on- and off-ice skills training while building a social support network for players and their families. They also installed Steeltown's first indoor community rink in 20 years with free instructional programming for the kids in Pittsburgh. 
the Seattle Storm. As part of the Let's Play program, the Storm held youth basketball clinics to help build leadership, equity, and teamwork skills through playing sports. They also launched their Kicks for Equality campaign where custom shoes were auctioned off to benefit the Black Future Co-op Fund, Washington State's first black women-led philanthropic organization. Tune into the SBs Wednesday, 8 p.m. Eastern on ABC. And to help continue Jim Valvano's incredible legacy from the first SB Awards, visit v.org slash donate and join the fight to end cancer. You may have heard today is exactly 50 days till the 2022 regular season begins on September 8th with the Bills visiting the Rams. L.A. will try to become the first team to repeat as Super Bowl champs as the Patriots back in 2003 and 2004. And it's fitting the Bills and Rams are going to kick off the season because according to ESPN's Football Power Index, that is the most likely matchup for Super Bowl 57 in Arizona entering this season, followed by the Bills against the Cowboys of all teams. Hmm. All right, so Boog, I'll ask you this first. Which of these two teams has more urgency to win the Super Bowl this year? Well, first of all, I'm still looking for what building FPI is in at ESPN. So if anybody knows what building that's in, please let me know so I can go visit them. Uh, but the, the team that has the most urgency, I mean, seriously, guys, we've all been working at the company for several years. Do you even know where FPI is located? I, I have no idea. Zero. I don't know either. I'll find out for you, though. <laughs> like nobody does. Exactly. No question. The Buffalo Bills are, to me, are, are under pressure uh, simply because they haven't won it. Like, the Rams are coming off winning the Super Bowl. Matthew Stafford is riding high. Yeah, Aaron Donald is back. Everybody's all hunky-dory. And they're going to say we want to go out and repeat. They're going to say that we're as hungry as ever. But as somebody has been there, and RC can attest to this, when you win it, there is just a little something that's missing. And I think the Buffalo Bills have that little something. And because of they're in the position that they're in now, all this talent, Josh Allen is ready to go. I've been on the precipice as a team, knocking on the door over and over and over. And at some point, you got to break through. I think the pressure is on them this year to break through. I think they definitely have the pressure, but also they understand the opportunity. If you're the Buffalo Bills, you are this year's favorite to win the Super Bowl. And it's not the Los Angeles Rams okay. who would be the reigning Super Bowl champion. Even entering week one, we are going to expect to see the Josh Allen that's going to eventually be the MVP of the 2022 season. The Buffalo Bills that are hoist the sticky Lombardi at the end of at the end of the season in February. And so with that does come pressure. And there is a pressure when you haven't wanted and so if you're the Buffalo Bills you have to realize that all of this is being heaped on you and the AFC is hard as hell yes I said hard as hell I can say that on TV I didn't cuss like Marcus but it was close when you're in the AFC every week you are going to have to bring it every week in the playoffs there's going to be a quarterback that is not afraid to stand across from Josh Allen and have a duel and that is difficult and so when you look at the Buffalo Bills even though they'll, they'll be favored it will not be easy and if they aren't there at the end of the season, yeah. it will be no surprise to anyone because of what the AFC is. Yeah. Hey, listen, Buffalo's loaded. Buffalo's as talented as any team in football. Buffalo might have the best young quarterback in the game. Buffalo's got all kinds of things going for it. But there might be 10 teams in the AFC, maybe more, good enough to win the Super Bowl. Just look at the AFC West, the entire division. Look at the AFC North, the entire division. Look at the AFC East with New England. Look at the AFC South where Indy and Tennessee have been tough. There are so many good teams in the AFC that no matter how strong 
Buffalo is. It's going to take an awful lot of luck, fortune, skill, plays, all sorts of things have to happen to deliver Buffalo what everybody would love to see happen and for that city to have the type of parade that would be monumental. But again, it could happen. But man, there's a lot of teams that the Bills are going to have to get past this upcoming season. I have never recalled so much optimism in so many different cities in one conference as we currently have around the AFC. Unfortunately, only seven teams can actually make the dance. Hey, speaking of the AFC, one of those teams, Titans, Derrick Henry, he's on their team. Did you see that he kept the number one spot in terms of Madden ratings for Madden NFL 23? We're going to take you all the way back to his high school days where he broke the national rushing record with over 12,000 yards. Let's revisit the Madden NFL 23 running back rankings from earlier on in the show. Derrick Henry, still the king. He's in the top spot despite his injury last year. He led the NFL in rushing yards per game and still finished sixth in total rushing yards. By the way, his dominance goes all the way back to his high school days in Florida. You truly had to have 11 guys coming at Derrick because he was that much of a force. And there goes Derrick Henry for the Hornets. Undeniable talent. The best of the best. He didn't have a flow on him. He put crazy numbers, crazy touchdowns. He created energy around here where at times you felt like you were the center of the world of high school football. My goodness gracious! Derrick Henry! Touchdown! Seeing him do that at the NFL level now, not too far from where he was doing it in high school. It's just special. It's awesome. Put Yuli on the map. Yuli, Florida's own Derrick Henry. Touchdown! He is the fattest man in the NFL. So I got hired in the spring of 2008. You know, came in as a first-year head coach, thinking I had all the answers. Realized when I got here that I didn't, and it was really a, a, a struggle. I hired our running backs coach, Pat Dunlap, and he coached Derek at Bill School. He also coached him at the youth level. He would say, oh, yo, Derek will be here in a year. We just got to get to this next year. We'll be okay. And I left the spring practice one day, and the players are all spread out from sideline to sideline. And these are middle school guys, so, you know, you've got five foot six, five foot four, five foot five, bang, six foot three almost. And I said, oh, that's Derek. At six foot three, 240 pounds, Henry towered over teammates and opponents alike. By his senior year, he was bigger than the majority of linebackers he faced. If he got to extend that hand on you, whew, you were in trouble. He's going to sling you down like a ragdoll. His senior year, one of the goals we did have as a defense was he's going to get his yards, but let's make it more frustrating than he expects it to be. I had eight guys within five yards from him. And only about three of those eight were blocked. He makes one or two moves and does 80 yards. And I remember I turned around, looked at my AD, and I said, what am I supposed to do? And my AD said, wait till next year. Athletes like Derek don't really end up at the running back position a lot. They end up playing other spots. So uh, I, I don't know that you'll ever see a game log like this again. Henry's final stats from his senior season seem hard to believe. He scored six touchdowns four times and had games with 5'10", 485, 455, and 404 yards on the ground. 
In total, he had 462 carries, 4,261 rushing yards, and 55 touchdowns on the year. Wow. You don't see your kid in high school doing this. One game he averaged 19 yards a carry. I mean, that's comical. It makes you feel kind of special that you were able to be a part of the greatest high school running back that's ever lived. It's been nearly a decade since his remarkable senior season, but Henry still holds the all-time career high school rushing record. And on the occasional NFL Sunday, that high school game log still makes an appearance around Twitter. Arguably the greatest NFL defensive mind of all time, Bill Belichick, is going to stop him. You don't feel so bad as a high school coach going, hey, Bill, I've been there. RC, I just can't imagine the prospect of having to tackle Derrick Henry in the open field. But let me ask you this. Who was the most difficult player that you had to bring down during your playing days? I'm going to tell you what, man. Marshawn Lynch is like the first name that always comes to mind because it always looked like he was running on opposite sides of a train track because he was bouncing here to here to here. <laughs> but then I had to have three. I'm going to go fast. Adrian Peterson ran like he was an undrafted free agent yep. that was once homeless and somebody said they had some food ready. And LaDainian Tomlinson just flat out embarrassed me more times than I'd like to admit. Those are up. my three guys that were just impossible to tackle. No footage. I don't want footage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going to give you another one. A guy, you, the, the, the viewers are going to have to go uh, Google. A guy named Lamar Smith, super heavy running back that was thick. But a guy that I would want to put up against all those guys, RC, you name. Hey, hey, there he is, Lamar Smith. Heavy, heavy, heavy. Really, really thick to tackle. But RC, I don't know if your if your defense or my defense had a guy like this. Put the picture up on the screen. If there was one guy Come on. who I would pick to tackle anyone, <laughs> it's that guy field. right there. RC, can Come you imagine now. that guy going up against Adrian Peterson or Derrick Henry? Yeah, Derrick Henry. They would Look squash me. Look at that neck. Come on now. That was Beef Yates right there. I'm Field Yates. NFL Live is back tomorrow. Hey, and Booker Ned, and RC are never allowed back on the show. <laughs> All Nantucket 